Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. 7 a.m. Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordan Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And this week... I don't know what we're doing. Jordan is so excited. Uh, uh, <laughs> we this week we did uh, the Mary Kate and Ashley movie, a seminal work known as New York Minute. <laughs> I have watched this twice this year. <laughs> New York Minute, yes, New York Minute, directed by Denny Gordon, and. <laughs> Totally got distracted by something while just reading about Denny Gordon. That's okay. That's completely on we, brand for this movie. <laughs> it's like a movie that's distracted from itself. Oh the my whole time. god! Like it. Okay, for some reason, <laughs> I'm looking at their IMDb bio and it says Gordon directed the teen cult hit Joe Dirt. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm oh, so distracted okay. by the idea of I'm sorry, Joe I didn't Dirt know we were branding it as that a way. teen cult hit. Like, <laughs> just, that, just, that makes like, it sound so twee and stopped like, my research cold. Amazing. <laughs> Man, I got to rewatch the teen cult hit Joe teen, Dirt soon. Teen cult hit Joe Dirt. Like, what like, does that would, mean? Like, I was just thinking, like, how would I describe Joe Dirt? It would certainly not be that way. Like, it, it would be. I don't, I don't like. I don't know that I would even call it a hit. Um, yeah, I, I feel would like call a it like hit. a campy comedy. I, I might say culty, like you know, a cult campy comedy. A uh, lot of alliteration. I'm a fan. Yes. Uh, so Denny Gordon, you know, we got a we got a female director here. Let's see what Denny Gordon has done. Whoa, so much television and and the teen cult hit Joe Dirt. So I mean, you know. Uh, anything. Okay, episodes of Picket Fences, Chicago Hope, The Dangerous Minds TV show, which I keep forgetting was a thing. They I have no idea what that is. Can you they, tell me? Okay, Dangerous Minds. It was the movie with with Michelle Pfeiffer yes. and the inner city kids. Yeah, that was very briefly a they TV show. They made that show. into a TV show? That's, yes. I was thinking it was something completely separate. No, it was not. It Why? is exactly that. I don't know. Because a white lady we and gotta brown... We got to have some more white saviorism. <laughs> yes. Yes. We needed more. Uh, there's a lot of America television. America doesn't have enough white saviorism. <laughs> okay. It looks like Joe Dirt was her first movie. Um, and then she directed... Oh, wow. What a Girl Wants. Oh, okay. See, What a Girl See? Wants. See, that's a movie that I like. She's got, she's got chops. What a, okay, I won't do it. Um, and then, <laughs> you know, the next year, 2004, she directed New York Minute. And there's just no way to go through this entire... If you ever want to look, this is a lot of television. This is a woman that has been working. Okay? She works. She uh, is... She, when Rihanna comes on at the club, she's like, that's been me. You know? <laughs> um, and uh, the story by credit and co-writing credit is a Miss Emily Fox who wrote the screenplay with two men uh, who 
you know, do we even need to name the two men? They're two men. They're it's fine. They're men. yeah. I don't know how responsible. Like, <laughs> like it's it's fine. Like, is it there? Like, like can I blame this on them? I would like to. But I wish there, there's definitely but some there's, women in in the yeah, league here. Yeah, uh, she um Emily Fox's most recent work. She's written episodes of Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce, which is a show that I've watched a few episodes of. Pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I, that's I, fine. I actually do want to watch that. Um, yeah, it's not bad. And now that my seasonal depression is sunk in i will get that in (laughs) but this movie it's so hard to talk about new york minute because i don't because it's like (laughs) like um new york minute is like when you've just taken a bunch of adderall (laughs) yes and then it hits and you're like what's going on and you're like really excited but actually you have no idea what's going on and that's and you're and it's frenetic it's it's a very frenetic movie this like trying to do a lot with the plot. I mean, it, it's not trying to be like deep, obviously it's trying to be silly and funny, but it also like can't calm down ever <laughs> like for a minute. Like there's so many chase scenes. There's so many shenanigans. And I mean, as a Mary Kate Nashley lover, that's very on brand. Oh yes. Yeah, so like this their is their brand. So Mary Kate Nashley, um, how do we summarize Mary Kate Nashley? They I mean, were we talked about billboard dad, Right, right, right. We did. So, right, right, right. We did. So, you know, you know, they were, this was their last film. Well, this was their last film as a team. This was, as a, yeah, the dual broadcasting, that, that, that era, that whole. New York Minute brought an end to that quickly. And this is really Ashley Olsen's last acting role, period. Ashley did not act after this. All of her other appearances have been more or less as herself. Whereas Mary Kate actually went on to do other things after this. She was in eight episodes of Weeds. I remember those actually. She was in The Wackness. I remember that. And she was the witch in Beastly. (laughs) Yes. Which is a previous episode that Kyle and I did. (laughs) So, I mean, she's like... But it, this, despite the fact that Mary Kate went on to do other things, like this movie, like it was not only them as a team kind of saying goodbye to their career as a team. It was really both of them being like, okay, we're not full time actresses anymore. <laughs> like, like this, we're doing this movie and then we'll dabble if we want, but like we're done with doing like a movie every year. It, it's like, very weird to me that this is their last movie yeah. because it doesn't really feel, you would expect that there would be. Some kind of like deep emotional resonance. Like this is this is our end on the screen, you know? Yeah, no, I <laughs> you would you would think it would be like I wouldn't expect it to be a huge departure from what their movies are like. Um, but I would expect it to be a movie that slows down at some point <laughs> or like feels more about I mean, the movie's about them, but it feels more about them and not about, like, 18 characters running around. Yeah. This like, is... I don't feel like we we get a lot of time with them, but I don't feel like we get any quality time with them yeah. in this movie. Yeah, because there are a lot of things that go unsaid. This is very much... Um, uh, what's a good way of saying this? There's very much a love story between two sisters. Like, yes. they both have love interests, but their love interests are more so... It's really just like eye candy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's way more like crush. Like, oh, we both have a crush. And then like that crush likes us. And that's not that's like probably one of the least interesting parts of the movie. Like 
every Mary Kate and Ashley movie has them and their crushes. Like that's a thing. Like once they got to a certain age, that was a thing. But this one's really about their relationship as sisters, which is interesting because because it was the last one. Yeah, and this is also their only their second theatrical film. Most of their films were on tape and like on DVD, but this is the only their second movie to ever be released in theaters, and it's their last movie, whereas their first movie to re- to be released in theaters, it takes two. Yeah, uh, which is interesting. It's so much better than this. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I really do think. I mean, I don't know. There's a lot to unpack here. And I think we mentioned a little bit of this in Billboard Dad, but like they were better actors as kids. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then once they hit puberty, I mean, they had so many creeps, like any young woman who grows up in the public eye, but they really had extra creeps. Um, I think they just kind of, I mean, based on interviews that I've obsessively read, (laughs) they they got really bad anxiety and they felt really self-conscious and they didn't want to do it anymore. And I think as kids, it was probably a lot, but it was still fun. Um, so that's, that's my take on that. Yeah. That really upsets me because I really would like to have seen what would have happened if they had really, you know, stretched their acting muscles because of course they have their sister Elizabeth who has really gotten to stretch her acting muscles and didn't really have the burden of expectation on her. No, she didn't. She really got to kind of chill. Like she was in some of the detective stuff, you know, as a kid, but like she got to kind of chill and grow up a little more out of the spotlight which I'm sure helped. Yeah. Um, the So, uh, New York Minute, <laughs> the basic plot is uh, there is the rebellious twin and the good twin. The rebellious twin is Roxy. played is played by Mary-Kate and plays a character named Roxy. And the good twin is Ashley, who plays a character named Jane. And Roxy wants to go to the taping of a simple plan video because she wants to use it as an opportunity to give her demo tape. Now, it's so weird to me that she wants to go to where a music video is being shot and give her yeah. demo tape instead of like, like a, a recording studio. Or yeah, like it's a, really yeah. strange to me that this is, this is her big plan and that it works. Spoiler yeah. alert. Oh, that was, I mean, that was like the most shocking was how the, like the agent is like oh great i'll listen to it i'm like they don't do that like i worked at free college radio and we didn't even listen to all the stuff people sent us and that was free college (laughs) radio like i'm sorry that's not how it works also this idea that she it roxy is punk and like simple plan and also that simple plan is referred to multiple times as a punk band. Oh, well this is like is really hilarious. This is such a like early thousands <laughs> pop punk kind of like suburban pop punk thing. Like it's such a I feel like this movie like all of the cultural references really place it in the early thousands. You know? Yeah, because like the they idea- live in Long Island. <laughs> they don't live in New York City. They're into pop like, you know, Roxy's rebellious, but she's into pop punk. It's like very like mall, like, you know, prepackaged like version of what punk was. Like Yeah, and the song that they sing is like uh later on Simple Plan they sing the song. I was never really into Simple Plan, so I'm not even really familiar. Like I was familiar enough to make fun of them. <laughs> but yeah. I never really yeah. listened to Simple Plan. And yeah. they, 
they do this whole song about like a girl that they don't like and that's the song that's really the song that they went with i know i thought that was hilarious because like <laughs> i never liked you yeah i thought that was i thought that was great that was so dumb um i mean i was i was dying uh, like it's 2004 and you couldn't get fallout boy yeah <laughs> i mean and it was yeah like like they couldn't have rancid like of course not because rancid was actually you know <laughs> more punk it's so weird like Is even it, like yeah papa roach would have been like i liked papa roach songs <laughs> who still claims simple plan i mean but i mean i think that's the thing is like mary kate and ashley's brand was so much about trend in the minute you know like new york minute <laughs> oh my god new but york. like the like simple plan was like 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 Blink One Eighty Two would have made a lot of sense. Oh yeah, Blink One Eighty Two. Like that's the obvious choice if you're gonna go pop punk and you want it Once to be again, both popular. They were actually good. <laughs> yeah, like I I I was just pretentious enough that I still pretended I was too good for Blink One Eighty Two, um, but I still totally liked Blink One Eighty Two. Like yeah. I was like I'm way more punk than you. I like throbbing gristle and i like listened to like you know <laughs> yeah i was annoying but i still liked blink 182 yeah, yeah I mean, that would have been a great i'm yeah <laughs> so <laughs> simple plan okay and so jane jane wants to give a speech that's going to get her a scholarship to oxford university and so that's what she's trying to do so yeah. they both have these two they things have that they want to do on the same day What's really interesting is <laughs> this movie won't say it, but I think it's very clear that Jane is a Republican. Oh, yeah, it definitely feels like that. Yeah. Which really unsettled me. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> got young Republican vibe. It's she has like, a whole speech about the economy. We don't know what she says. Yeah, no, it, it's wild. It's definitely not about redistributing wealth. <laughs> no, 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 no. And we'll get into like other things later. But, you know, let, let's just do the intro of this movie because there are some reveals that makes me think that she's a, that makes me think that she yeah, is like, like a tremendous Republican. Um, so we just, should mention their dad is Dr. Drew and their, their mom's dead. This is very on brand for Mary Kate and Ashley. Oh, have. Yeah have a dead mom this you know that's that's a thing that happened in billboard dad as well um and i'm not saying dr drew is like always their dad but it made sense it just made sense it, no, it totally made sense um so they have these like rooms that are totally different and it's conjoined by a bathroom and there's also a lot of like warner brothers like zooming around in the beginning which like w this is almost like why isn't bugs bunny in this movie anyway oh my gosh they <laughs> so they have conjoining rooms and we see roxy's room which is so like punk and dark and her closet's dirty and it <laughs> She's just like really living. She's like got a pet edge. snake. She, she skips school. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. She has like also a whole database of excuses that she just prints out. Yeah. She. Which, based I on mean, the that day. Is, that's probably the most punk thing about her. Let's be yeah. real. Um, <laughs> is how organized she is about skipping class. And so there's like a lot of juxtaposition. One is messy. One is clean. One has goals. One has stupid goals, and like stuff like that. But then, um, Roxy's room is basically fine, aside from the fact that she just has a snake that she's just so chill with, which I just don't believe. Um, 
But then we go into Jane's room and we see a picture of her and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Like in, in this is during governor times. Yeah. And then we see a George W. Bush bobblehead. How did I miss that? I, I was <laughs> I almost Jordan, Why didn't you admit like I've watched this movie so many times and I think because the beginning is so frenetic, I missed the George W. Bush bobblehead. She has a George W. Bush bobblehead. Like on display, and they wanted to let us know. They needed they, us to know. She, I, I rewound it because I had to look at it again. Absolutely, to make sure that you saw it right. And also, yes. seeing it now is like such a different feeling than yeah. It's so wild. Wow. Because I'm just like she is a young Republican. Yeah. So I'm supposed to be rooting to send this young Republican to Oxford to, so to get so, more opportunity so in the that world. she can be just like a fucking like American Margaret Thatcher. Like, no, thank you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so wild. Uh, and so then we get introduced to this truancy officer played by Eugene Levy. Incredible. Incredible. And he, you basically find out that he, could have been a cop but because he's so fucking annoying (laughs) they never made him a cop which says a lot let's be real (laughs) so he's just this truancy officer and he shows up and he busts up this party and the party also includes jack osborne as an aussie son and yes like this is this movie is like i will keep saying this the whole podcast it is like Watching this movie is the closest you could get to just climbing in a time machine to, like, 2003, 2004. <laughs> like, yeah. And he, so he, he, like, bust a bunch of kids that are skipping school. But then he's, like, fine with Jack Osborne. And it's like, no, you seem like a good kid. You seem like you were just, like, manipulated. And, you know, I can see that you're going to, you're going to be really great. And it's just, and it's, and it's funny because you're hearing it from a loser. <laughs> so it's supposed to be like, oh, no. Yeah, and like, and Jack's like, I'm not gonna narc. <laughs> He's like, I won't narc to you. And uh, then um, you see his apartment where he's just like obsessed with Roxy. So Roxy is apparently notorious for skipping school, and he just has this chalkboard with her name just it's written so a creepy. million times on it. It is so creepy. Like and- in in a darker <laughs> movie, he would be trying to murder her, like for sure. Like, yes, or it's- kidnap her. Something horrible. His apartment is messy. He also owes rent, so it's like he's going to get evicted because he's obsessed with this teenage girl that skips school. Yeah, it's. <sighs> Like you, like I like <laughs> Eugene Levy, but you know what? Like I will give it to him. He committed to this whack. I this like yes. absolutely ridiculous role. He was like, yes, I will be this bonkers man that is definitely inappropriate, but none of us are addressing that. Like it's so yeah, he's so weird. He's so weird. Like even in the end, when he becomes a good guy, oh more, yeah, he's more spoilers. Completely, like he's I would so not, weird then too. He's like. Like, okay, I'm saying this as someone who, yeah, uh, he's like the 37 year old that would show up to like a high school party to actually, I mean, he does in the movie to bust oh, it out. Oh, yeah. But he's also that guy that would just show up to hang out and everybody would be like, 
why are you here? Like, yeah. like, he, like he n- has no friends his age. He's just like for, <laughs> you know, like, no, like some red flags. I'm just saying. He's, yeah. He's, he's really, he's really wild. And so then, uh, Roxy and Jane are on the train, uh, and Daryl Hammond is there and they just keep annoying Daryl Hammond with their bickering because they're so different. Literally, literally Mary Kate is like, I mean, Roxy is, is just has drumsticks and is like air drumming and like singing because she's so cool and laid back. And then, of course, Jane is just like wearing like a baby pink pantsuit or whatever the hell it she was wearing at that moment. There's like so like it's million like she, outfits. It's and like she's she just models like, all it. And she's like, I have a planner. Like, stop. I have a planner. Like, she's oh, this fucking planner. planner. OK, yeah. she has this fucking planner, which is so ridiculous. What 17 year old girl has a day planner where her day is just totally planned to the t it's so terrifying i I, definitely knew a few women like that unfortunately i was so Um, upset for her and she's also wearing clothes like she like has a bunch of clippings of jackie onassis and just (laughs) dresses like her yeah but like not as well (laughs) and i mean to be fair jackie o had that money but like wow (laughs) it's just like honey it's okay you don't have to you don't have to do this and so she's just annoying. So they're both annoying Daryl Hammond. And then you find out that Roxy didn't even pay. Okay. They're on the Long Island Railroad because they're from Long Island. Um, and <laughs> and what's <laughs> wild to me is that they're riding on the train. I can't imagine that they would get that far on the train without, without somebody their checking their ticket. So it's wild that, okay, Roxy doesn't have a ticket. Jane does have a ticket. But because they look the same, <laughs> right? Roxy gets thrown off the train, and then the conductor's like, "Oh, you tried to get back on the train," and throws Jane off the train, which makes no logical sense because there wasn't enough time for her to change her outfit. Exactly. He's just like, "Don't <laughs> trick me," and she's like, "No, it's my twin," and she's like looking, and he just kicks her off. Which is the perfect time for her to have a meet cue. Which is also not <laughs> how Long Island Rail conductors are. They're like, okay, you're going to have to care. get off at the next stop or something. Also, or they don't like, care. they'll just be like, you can pay me a certain amount and I'll yeah. give you a ticket. Like, that's happened to me where, like, I, like, didn't have one and I just bought it on the train. Yeah, no, yeah. I've never had an issue on the Long Island Rail where they were just like. They don't <laughs> care. They're not that power hungry. <laughs> <laughs> And so, yeah, Jane comes off the train. She gets her skirt caught in this guy's bike chain played by some white man named Riley. You know, one of those. One of those. He's uh, very like Disney Channel original movie slash Mary Kate and Ashley Hunk, which means he's white and blonde with some vague amount of gel in his hair. Yeah. Riley Smith. And it looks like he was he had recurring roles on Joan of Arcadia, 90210 and True Blood. Yeah, exactly. that all makes sense. On bread. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. And then a whole like chunk of her skirt rips off and then he's just like, oh, well, it looks good ripped. And she's like, thank you. <laughs> and then and then he's like, oh, like, have a nice day. And she's like, yeah. And then they like wave and there's like the very, you know, classic teen like close ups and they're like <laughs> and they're like blushing and they're looking at each other and he gets on the train and like I don't know if he has a skateboard but he's might as well. I feel like what I feel like okay. 
So they basically kind of end up together where it's implied that they're going to go out at the end of the movie. How soon would he break up with her when he finds out that she's a Republican? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because, like, he doesn't seem like a Republican. He seems... No, No, he's definitely not a Republican. So it's just so... I'm just... Like, that doesn't mean he's actually actively doing anything, like, good. Oh, of course not. He's definitely not a Republican. He's... He's definitely listens to like the the Dead Kennedys, you know. Oh like, yeah, he's, definitely. Yeah, so, <laughs> um, and so oh, then we get introduced to Andy Richter because they get off this train, oh, and then they don't know how to get where where they're going, which is wild to me. Because one, if you get thrown off the Long Island Rail, just get your money. And get on another and just train. Get another, yeah, like they're yeah, like you'll have to wait like an hour, but that's really it. So it's weird to me that they're they're like we're literally trapped. The <laughs> way that transportation works in this movie makes no sense. As a person that's only lived in New York for four years, none of it makes sense. Like it none of it's accurate. And so they just end up with this uh, limo driver, oh, played by Andy Richter. This is incredible. Doing. A Chinese accent. A Chinese accent. An an Orientalist, like, approximation of a Chinese accent. If I ever meet him, I am going to bring this up immediately. I'm going to be like, why are you not talking about this all the time? Why are you not apologizing or explaining? This must be so embarrassing for him. He must... Try I'm, very hard to forget that this movie Oh, I'm exists. sure he does, which is why I would want to bring it up. Not to bring him pain, but just to be like, let's work it out. <laughs> Especially the way that he is on Twitter right now. Like, you know, he's like one of those like celebrities that's just like very like openly a liberal. And I'm just like, so... Are we going to talk about that? What happened with this? <laughs> Are we going to talk about that movie? Like, yeah. At like, some point, at some point, uh, someone, I think Eugene Levy calls him odd job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, just like wild. him and you, like him and Eugene Levy. Like, I just imagine them like going out for beers, and like like vets would, you know, like uh, after doing this movie and just being like, "Man, we made it through." Like, <laughs> like so, let's move on. Yes, I. It's so man, it's so wild, so even, wild. I don't even know, and. They get into a physical altercation with him that leads to <laughs> Jane suddenly speaking Mandarin and Roxy doing Taekwondo. <laughs> yeah, no, this there's a lot of racism in this movie, for sure. But what? and this is not defending the racism. It's just all so bizarre and it's quick so that you're weird. like, wait, did that happen? <laughs> it's so weird. And uh, so I guess they accidentally get custody of his microchip, which is like a Napster thing. It's got like a lot of music and shit on it. And he gets Jane's day planner. Oh, no. And so then. (laughs) (laughs) Dying. (laughs) And then they just, uh, they're just like, oh, this limo driver is mean. I guess we're stuck on the streets of New York. And then they just spend a lot of time just walking around instead of and like getting on the subway instead of like figuring out how they're going to get where they're going to go and jane has a meltdown because she's like i don't have my day planner i don't have my notes for my speech i don't know what i'm going to do and roxy's like you need to calm down like everything's fine new york city is on a fucking grid if you're walking one way 
and you realize that you're walking the wrong way, you can turn around and walk the other way. It's a very walkable way. city. Like, you, they could have, they had enough time. They could have just walked where they needed to be. They like, could have taken they a had bus. Like four hours. They could have walked anywhere. They would have been fine. They, like, they had so much time. They could have taken a bus. They could have taken the subway. They could have taken a cab. Like, they get, they get thrown. It's, out of a limo and they don't just they, get into another vehicle just get into another motherfucking vehicle they just fucking walk i'm just like okay and okay, it's never made clear <laughs> whether they have money or not like it doesn't like, yeah i mean you you know that they are from a fairly comfortable situation based on the house that they live in but like it seems like they both went to their day with nothing in their wallets which i mean to be fair as teens that's a very realistic you know setup but it's still like yeah like I, I kept thinking, like, do they just they didn't have any money with them, and this is it? Like, did they not bring lunches? Like, I'm just thinking about the logistics here. <laughs> yeah, it, it's they are so unprepared. Like, if I when I was living on Long Island, if I was leave, if I was going into the city, it's like okay, here's my here's the money that I need. Here's a book bag. Here are snacks. Like I was always prepared because yeah, I prepared knew prepared for your day because you knew it'd be a day. Yeah, because you. Because once you get back, getting back on the train, waiting for the train is a long time. Getting on the train, you know, you're in Penn Station. Yeah. You know, it's just a whole bunch of shit. So I just don't. It's so irritating. And they, they end up in the sewer at one point. It... <laughs> this goes back to the shenanigans. Just why? They're like, in the if sewer, you're going like, to be doing this. It doesn't even matter how they got there. Like, it really doesn't. It's just it like, it's wild. like the movie just wanted to fill time there. There is no way to get into. I've I've never been in the sewer. Somehow in the sewer, but they're trying to follow the grid pattern in the sewer, and then they they um and then they get out, and then they're in a cab, and then they're like, oh no, we're in the wrong part of town, and they just no 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 they they get out of the sewer, and then they're like, oh shit, we walked the wrong way, let's go into a salon. Oh, but before we before we get into that, because okay, (laughs) oh my gosh, whoo. Whoa! Let's let's Actually, let, no, they were in a cab first. Let okay. let's cool our brakes before we get to that one of the worst scenes in cinema. Um, they run into a homeless guy at some point. Yes, this is actually right before this is. Um, and then Roxy the tries to give them give the homeless man money, and Jane says, "No, you're just feeding his disease." Yep. And then, and then this she is goes, the person that's going to give a speech about the economy. <laughs> and then she goes, do you have like a granola bar or something? And Roxy's like, no, just let him have a dollar. And then like they accidentally bump into him and he spills his Slurpee that has booze in it all over. Um, I think it's all over Roxy, actually, which seems unfair. <sighs> I just you're feeding his disease. OK, like I don't. I at no point wanted Jane to get this scholarship. Oh, no. I don't care. <laughs> no, she was awful. She like was Roxy so awful. was like a little annoying, but in a way where I was like, okay, you're in high school, you'll be fine. You know, like I was like, you're like that's cute. Like that's fine. Yeah, Jane, I was like, no, you're bad. You're bad. Oh my god. Oh yeah, her heel breaks, and that's a whole fucking ordeal. And so Roxy just smashes the other one. She's like, now you have flats. Yeah, I was, I was like, like lol. Yeah, I was like, there you go. And then they go into like what like a, I don't know what because it seems like they walk into a bodega, but the bodega also has a bathroom, which I've never seen. Yeah, I was like, this is this is not real New York, but and yeah. The, and then Jane falls all the way into the toilet. Um, so. <laughs> 
Yeah. We meet the mom of Andy Richter. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. And we find out about their whole pirated music scheme, which just made me think. So she, he's adopted by a Chinese woman. And it seems that like he's trying to prove. But she doesn't actually want him to speak with an accent. Like he speaks Chinese and English. And she's like, don't speak with an accent. But he keeps doing that. It's very yeah, it's weird. weird. He's trying to like prove that he's like the best adopted white son of a Chinese woman. And I just don't know why. That would that would need to be its own movie. It's Let's such be real. a weird yeah. <laughs> like, like, that's that's so that complex. Needs its own movie to unpack. Even if it's gonna be a really bad comedy, it needs its own thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's it's really it's really messy. I mean, everything in this movie, like this, it made me just think of Napster, and I was just like, remember Napster? Oh, yeah, this is very... Yeah, I mean, basically, like, their plan is to sell, to burn all of the, the um, music from his chip onto a bunch of compact discs. And she said this. She said, and sell it for millions of dollars. Millions of These dollars. These are the antagonists in this movie, besides Eugene Levy, who's equally absurd. It is... I was dying. I was dying. Um, why? Why? Are, why? We. This movie has way too much conflict. There's too much going on. Um, they they eventually meet Jared Padalecki, which happens so late. Like, I expected that he would show up earlier. He shows up so late. And hey, baby. Hey, baby. Hey, he's playing when he meets both of them. And it's kind of like a twin fantasy. Like, whoa, is it my birthday? Two hot chicks. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because they go into a hotel to, like, shower and change after, like, um, after the, the uh, Slurpee spill. And so they pretend that they're with, I think, Simple Plan. Who knows? I don't even understand Who how knows? they get in the hotel. I'll Jared, be honest about that. I've seen this movie many Jared, times and I don't understand those logistics. Jared, who thinks that they're both hot, decides that he's into Roxy. Kind of randomly, I feel. Yeah, like absolutely. without really, he just picks the one that doesn't already have a love interest. Yeah, conveniently. And then they, there is a whole thing about the dog because the dog eats the chip. And then they have to take the, they have to take the dog, and uh, one of them isn't dressed like they're barely dressed, and they have to run because they have the to lady... run because his mom, who's a senator, is coming into the room, and there can't be a scandal, and so they both sneak out and they're scaling the side of a hotel. So they're just in towels. <laughs> so they just run. They're just running across the street, and at some point, they run into Bob Saget, who like fully checks them out. Yeah, weird callback <laughs> to Full House. Not a callback we need. It's like, oh, what if Danny checked out Michelle? <laughs> <laughs> Did we need it? Like, why? Yeah. It's so, why? Um, and so, it's weird that so much of the conflict of this movie is that they're waiting for a dog to poop so that they can make an exchange between a, a poop <laughs> chip and... <laughs> And a tape planner, so that this really she like can resonates give her with speech. Maybe this really resonates with dog owners, though. Like so much of their understand. life is waiting for a dog. This is to poop. so weird. Uh, and so let's just talk about the conflict between Jane and Roxy because their mom died, and it seems like Jane became the mom. Yes, and Roxy resents that because she's like, "Just be my sister, and let's just deal with it." Like, yeah. And Roxy's just like, why are you always so mean to me? Why are you always so dismissive of me? Why are you so upset that we're different? Mom always liked that we were different. Why are you like this? 
And Jane's just kind of, it's weird. It's weird with like a sisterly conflict when it's clear who's wrong and it's Jane. Yeah, and Jane's <laughs> like, well, I'm taking care of you. And it's like, no, you're not. Like, And all of Jane's complaints are so annoying. It's like, well, dad can't come to my first cheerleading meet because he's in conferences with your teachers dealing with your fucking problems and shit. Like, dude, dad can't come. Yeah, she come. said, like, dad doesn't, dad doesn't even pay attention to the fact that I'm an honor roll student because you're always skipping class. Which is totally not consistent with the beginning of the movie and the fact that he's like wishing her well and like very attentive to Jane at the breakfast table. I was like, that is inconsistent. It's very weird that Jane's so much of the, con- of the dynamic, so much of the conflict is family conflict, but we spend most of the movie with wacky adventures. It's almost like this movie did not need to take place the way that it did. Oh yeah, not at all. Not at all. It's like, like what a if this collage was just like, of different movies. What if this was just like a family drama? What if the speech that she had to give was just at her school on Long Island and we were just in this family dealing with shit? It could have been way better. Way better. Because this... Because like the family drama, like there is a lot there that you can work with. You know, like I am very interested in like a movie about sisters, you know, and, and sister relationships. And I'm very interested in like... Even though American Ashley movies have a lot of dead moms, like dealing with that, you know, but but this is just like we're just gonna shoehorn this in at, at moments in between chase scenes. <laughs> right. That's the problem, is that the actual story is shoehorned in with a bunch of just like stupid hijinks. Like we spend the whole we're at like a full taping of a simple plan video. <laughs> yeah. In this movie. Yeah. Who needs it? We don't even spend enough time with the love interest because we're too busy no, fucking we don't. around. Like the, both the love interests like just end up showing up at other places, and then the and then the twins are like, "Oh my gosh!" And then they like like there's really nothing even more to say about the love interest except they meet them the ways they do, and then later on they like end up with them. Yeah, it's that's very, really it. It's like, very much like the trope of we have to stop meeting like this. Yeah, like oh my gosh, you're here. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's very. It's a movie that seemed to prioritize all of the wrong things. Yeah, like if it had focused on the the sister relationship, like actually, and not just them running around the city, like it could have still had the chaos of like them trying to get to the speech and trying to get to the concert, but they added so many weird, like them scaling in a, a hotel in their towels, you know, and and them in the sewer and then in this bodega. And like, it, it, like, and, oh. and I get that. It, I mean, it's called New York Minute, so it's also supposed to be about like how New York, like the New York Minute is different than the other minute. So I get that they're trying to do that, but um, it's not really a good snapshot of New York, especially considering. Are you going the to the salon scene, scene I could tell you didn't want to talk about it, so I didn't want to push it. So, <laughs> this is wild. Okay, so they walk into this salon, and then they see that there are black people in it, and they get visibly scared. Yeah. They get really scared. Like they're actually like, we're in the wrong place. Oh, no. We were just did like they like they like try to goose step out of there because there are black people in there, which makes me think, are these characters canonically racist? It's just <laughs> I mean, the movie would definitely point that way. And at some point, Jane says, we are so not in Kansas anymore. You live on Long Island. There That's- are a lot of black people on Long Island. 
That's what are you literally what she about? says when they step in. And and this is after they were in a cab and they went the wrong way and they're like, we're in the wrong part of town. And then and they step in there. Actually, one of them still has a shirt with the Slurpee on it. And this the timeline of this movie is like fucking with my head. But and yeah, and then they step in there and literally, I think it's Jane that says we're not in Kansas anymore. And everybody at the salon's just like looking at them because they're like, okay, what's up? And then. And then um, the woman who's presumably in charge of the salon is just like, well, you can't leave my salon looking like that, like with your shirt like that. Like, why don't you go through the back? And then. (laughs) And then. And then. I mean. Okay. So Jane has a panic attack. So Roxy starts singing the Itsy Bitsy Spider. And all of these black people also start singing (laughs) the Itsy Bitsy Spider. And I was done. I was so angry. And I just got progressively angry throughout the scene. Because, and also this was the scene where I was like, why didn't they just get on the fucking subway if they're in Harlem? They're pretty close to where they need to be. Yeah, anyway, I'm sure they need to be like in Uptown or something. Yeah. Like uh, Upper East Side. So all these black people sing the Itsy Bitsy Spider and then they need a makeover because Jane has to give the speech and she's not <laughs> and then they then these black people say insane shit like prepare to be blessed <laughs> and the one this is this is Kyle's favorite line this is the line that haunts Kyle this is where bling lives yes that is said in this scene <laughs> and then Jane there's like a dance track the whole time it's really bad and they try to get Mary. there's a point where it zooms in on one of Mary Kate and Ashley's butts and they're wearing velour and they're like trying to shake their butt and like I don't want to get gross and objectifying but Mary Kate and Ashley are very thin so it was a very weird sh- it, w- it would have been weird no matter what but it was just like what is happening it was so weird it's like and Jane's just like well actually I would like corporate bling and then everyone's dancing and there's like sassy gay they're like multiple sassy gay gay man in there who ends up styling the dog oh yeah they were styling the dog too and i just kept on wondering why do they have all this time for them yeah do they even have any money to pay for this are they just doing this out of the kindness of their heart and then in one point one of the sisters is wearing a fro and a jersey dress. Yep, that is ha- that that happens in this movie. It, like that that sure happens. I like I remember like this. Yeah, I I was scarred by this. I could not believe it. I was just, this is the worst thing ever. And <laughs> it's, it's like every time you're like, wow, this is really like uncomfortable and racist and ridiculous. There's like another line that is uttered that you're like, why is this happening? It doesn't. At the end of the makeover, the main woman at the salon says, there's a little sister in you sisters. No. Yeah, she says that. I'm sorry, Jordan. <laughs> I'm so mad. I, uh, and then they leave because that's what white people do. You know, we go into space, we take it over, and then we leave. Um. So that that traumatizing. Like, it I, was. Like, I don't know. Like, who like wrote there? Like, you know what we need to put in this movie is is like a weird makeover scene in a Harlem salon where we make all these black people be like stereotypes that 
are just there for Mary Kate and Ashley to like dance with. Like what? I, I don't know. <sighs> like I wanted to see the outtakes. That's like this salon before Mary Kate and Ashley walked in, <laughs> where everyone's just like being themselves. <laughs> I just so upsetting. And then they this is the speech, and then Roxy covers for her, and then it's those things where they're all on stage and they're all trying to explain, and then Daryl Hammond's like, one person should explain. And then they explain and blah, 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 and then Jane gives a speech about what kind of day she's had, and then she gets the scholarship anyway because it turns out that Daryl Hammond had her speech the entire time, which is unethical. Unethical, and he's like, "It was just so great," and I was like, "Okay, yeah, I'm sure Oxford is that easy to get a." So you were to. just gonna give it to her no matter what she said because like, you had her speech and manipulative and unethical, and also not how things work. It, yeah, it's just wild and. And then Eugene Levy gets to be an actual cop, even though all of his behavior shows that he is actually unstable. Completely unhinged. I mean, that's never stopped them before. That's true. That is, you know, that maybe that's what the force needed. They needed to see just how unhinged he was. And then they were like, you're on board. Roxy gets a record deal and Jared Padalecki is going on tour with them, even though they haven't even gone on their first date yet. All of a sudden, he's going to be on tour with them. Healthy. And Teen boundaries. We never see their dad again. No, Dr. Drew's just at home, probably happy to have a break. And then they're playing like a David Bowie song at the end. Yeah. What a weird... It's such a weird movie. What a weird fart of a movie. It's it's a total... It's a mindfuck. It's a mindfuck. Um, did I pay money to rent it? Yes, that happened. Um, um, really, you did? Yeah. It's on Netflix. Right now? Yes! Are you serious? Yes! That's why I picked it! Uh, <laughs> see, because I watched it at my birthday, I had to rent it. And so oh. I, I think... When I watched it, I was just like, oh, I know it's not on all the things because I checked a few months ago, which is, of course, no, not how streaming just, services work. It just work. appeared on Netflix. Like, it was just like, oh, yeah, new on Netflix, New York Minute. And it's you even like, got like a, it's even got a nice, like, fancy logo. Oh, they it. gave it that. They gave it that. They gave New York Minute this that. This is definitely one of the worst Mary-Kate and Ashley movies. Yeah. And and I think it does go back to, like, I mean, there's we, we just laid out why, but, like, um... Like the, a lot of the ones when they were kids, I mean, it takes two is a good movie. It you is, know? Um, and they they like they did some good stuff as kids, and even some of the other like really campy, ridiculous ones when they were teens, don't like at least focus on one plot. Like they at least have a consistent plot where you're like like Passport to Paris. You're like, okay, this is what's happening. We're in Paris. This one's just like New York Minute. Ah! Like, 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 like switching goals. Like you know like, what that is. That's yeah, soccer. It just like threw up all over oh, us. Oh, remember the one where they were on the reality show? Which one is that? It was like the one where they were on the island. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, there's a lot of like fun, bad Mary-Kate and Ashley movies. And New York Minute is like so. It is like it's like a not it's, fun. It's bad like one. um Jane's panic attack in the salon, like that's or just her panic attack. It just feels like being in a panic attack. Yeah, yeah. Because the whole time I was watching it, like I was stressed out to even. Kyle was like trying to 
crack jokes and I was like, I'm just so I just want to get through. You're this like, movie. I'm so stressed out. <laughs> I just <laughs> I need to get through it. I don't have time for these jokes. I know that you think that you're funny. Please stop. This movie <laughs> needs to end. I need to take notes on it. Notes that I've barely read during this podcast. Which is fine. I mean, we got through it. We barreled through. Oh my God. You know what you should watch instead? Still a better movie than threesome. Yeah, still a better movie than threesome. Woo. Um I haven't watched it in years, but I stand by this. You just watch Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. <laughs> That's such a random recommendation. Yep. I thought you were going to recommend a Mary-Kate Ashley movie. Nope. <laughs> wow. No. Uh, yeah, and watch us do it on the show and be like, no, I hate it. <laughs> wow. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I mean, sure. I mean... I think you should watch another Mary-Kate Ashley movie. Watch It Takes Two. Watch Switching Goals. Watch, yeah. Watch... Yeah, watch Passport to Paris. That's fun. Yeah. You are so burned out by this movie. You're like, watch something completely irrelevant. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Watch Sisterhood of the Triple. It's completely not at all similar. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I don't know what we're doing. All right. We love you guys. Um, I'm one of, <laughs> I'm Bronwyn Isaac <laughs> and I, and just, yeah, I mean, you can follow us on all the things on the Twitter, you know, Spotify, Google play, uh, all of it, you know, iTunes, you can email us or tweet us suggestions. Um, if you're listening, I, I bet this episode you. is so short. <laughs> um, no, it's definitely not. <laughs> Um, I'm Bronwyn. <laughs> Isaac. I'm I'm Jordan Searles, I think. Thank I you. don't know. Uh bye. Let's go this yeah. Back it up, back it up. Uh yeah. Let's go this